Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. Welcome back to the summer heat wave, Brodo Fantasy style, 32 teams in 32 days, taking you right up until the start of the regular season. Today, we going to Miami, Miami, and we are going to be going with the 2020 Miami Dolphins. Um, Broto Fantasy, of course, bringing this to you, BrotoFantasy.com, Patreon.com slash Broto Fantasy. If you want more, make sure to check us out during the year. We do this every single week. Patreon.com slash Broto Fantasy for all a ton of extras, including our great situation we love doing, and that's playing with the fans, our fantasy leagues. If you're having trouble getting into a fantasy league, come to us. We'll put you into a fantasy league with people who know what they're talking about and know what they're doing. Sometimes it's really hard to find a league like that. I've been fortunate enough in my life to be surrounded by people who know what the hell they're doing in terms of football. Some people aren't that fortunate. Come over to the Broto Fantasy Leagues, patreon.com slash Broto Fantasy. But in order to do that, you got to know who to draft. And that's why we're going and doing this. Hi, Michael and Jason. I forgot to introduce you. I'm Tim Petrop. Yeah, thanks, and Tim. Thanks. What's play up? With, I just, I'm you so can excited. play with the bros. What bros, bro? What Look, bros, bro? I got, I got my Key West tank top on just for this. I love Key West. That's my spot. We got roosters walking but, everywhere out there. Huh? Like, roosters everywhere, everywhere. So uh, speaking of roosters walking around everywhere, that's nothing to do with anything. Um, let's start with the offensive outlook. And B- Brian Flores is the head coach. He is in his second season, but it is a new offensive coordinator this season, and that is Chan Gailey. Now, Chan Gailey is well-traveled and knows a lot of different places. And if you're a team, if you're a fan of a team in the NFL, Chan Gailey has probably been part of your organization in some way. He's been way. a part of the Jets. And that's funny because I was about to mention that with the Jets because the quarterback that is supposed to be slated as the starting quarterback, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Gailey has coached Ryan Fitzpatrick in different places for five seasons together, first in Buffalo from 2010 to 2012, then the New York Jets from 2015 to 2016. And when Gailey was the offensive coordinator with the Jets, Fitzpatrick, who started 72 games in those five seasons, he had careers highs in passing yards with 3,905 and touchdown passes in his last season with Chan Gailey. So interesting to note because they did draft Tua Tagovailoa to become the quarterback, but they went and hired Chan Gailey, who has a great history with Ryan Fitzpatrick. As what on earth is that? What was that? Motorcycle outside. We were not farting, if that's what you thought was happening. I will will tell you right now, I don't know what's going on in front of your house, but there's been more motorcycles going by there. It's like, what do you live in front of a biker bar or something? Like, what are they, is there a biker bar across the street all, all of a sudden? We just opened out? the biker bar, dude. Oh, okay. That, that, that you know. Speaking of biker bars, also has nothing to do with what I'm about to say. Ryan Fitzpatrick versus Tua Tagovailoa. That's basically going to be the missing ingredient. Not even missing ingredient. The ingredient that's going to make up the Dolphins stew this year. The question is, how long can Ryan Fitzpatrick hold off Tua? Tua, as of last uh, check, said he's ready to go. He's... At the start of camp, he said he's going to be ready by the, by the beginning of camp. Uh, I mean, by the beginning of the season. Fitz is known to show up in a place, kill it the first year, and then turn around and suck ass the second year. Is that going to be another another lesson that the Dolphins learn? Um, what do you guys think? How, do, how does this QB battle shape out? 
Look, Ryan Fitzpatrick is Ryan Fitzpatrick at this point. Like, if you watch football, you know who Ryan Fitzpatrick is. Last year, he was QB 20 in terms of points per game. I thought that was a little low, but the reason is because he had seven games over 20, but he also had like four or five games under five points. He even had a negative point game. He That's what Ryan Fitzpatrick is. He has the highest of highs, just like when he was with the Jets where he hit Brandon Marshall for four touchdowns and the lowest of lows, just like when he was with the Jets and threw six interceptions against the Chiefs. Like That's just who Ryan Fitzpatrick is. If you want to start him in streamable matchups, you have a shot of a top five quarterback that week. But if he shits the bed, as he has done multiple, multiple times in the past, you're going to be very upset because he can get you like seven or eight points, and that's never good out of that quarterback position. And like you said, Tua's waiting. How long until Tua is a starting quarterback, right? But Tua just missed a bunch of time in college uh, his last year at Bama, and he hurt his hip like it was a bad injury like I I was reading reports about how Tua may never be the same based on this injury all the reports since have been great he's recovering well and all that but how fast and how good do we expect Tua to be his rookie year on the Miami Dolphins and a lot of rookies have success because of rushing and people say Tua could run and all that he's never surpassed 190 rushing yards at Alabama like the dude scrambles but he does not run and with the way he gets hurt, why would Miami ask him to run? It just doesn't make sense to me for Tua to have running as part of his skill set in Miami either. Sure, he'll scramble and break out of some sacks and make some deep throws and it'll be a ton of fun, but he's not going to be the guy getting you 50, 60 rushing yards a game, getting you that extra passing touchdown fantasy-wise. So, I mean, I just I don't see any real upside really in Tua as a rookie like even I'm not, there's going to be a bunch of excitement when Tua takes over for Fitzpatrick. I mean, I'm not going to run to the waiver wire for the guy. I just, I'm not a, I'm already not that big of a fan of Tua. I'm just, I feel like he has the weirdest throw ever, like his just release, I guess, because he's a lefty. I'm a lefty and I throw weird, so I know how it is to be a lefty. I just feel like lefties release the ball weird and I'm just not that big of a fan of the way Tua throws the ball, but we'll see. He was elite at his time at Alabama, but he has all this injury concerns and I just I don't really see him having an impact to year one. Well, in terms of impact, he's definitely going to impact the guys around him, obviously, if he's the quarterback. Let's start with Devontae Parker because he finally has his breakout season that everyone's been waiting for last year. Really excelled when Fitz was in the game over Josh Rosen, which basically everyone did because Fitz is a better quarterback than Josh Rosen. Finished as wide receiver eight last season. Not a lot of people realize that he went to that type of height wide receiver eight last yeah, season he was great but but being drafted right now as wide receiver 25 as a fifth round pick is there more is this more of a lack of love for parker or is it more question marks about the quarterback situation i'll tell you what tim the answer is both i don't believe in Devontae parker's talent and i don't believe in his quarterbacks there's no Ooh. way i'm taking him where he's at i'll tell you why listen there's a lot of Devontae Parker fans out there, stands as they call it these days. I'm not buying into it. He was 90th, 90th in target separation last year. The year before, 105th. So what was the difference between the seasons? Last year he saw 4.8 target. Two years ago he saw 4.8 targets a game. Last year he saw 8. Last year was an entirely volume-based season. Based off of what? Based off of Ryan Fitzpatrick. This is what he does. 
in New, in New York, it was Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker that he threw to. In Tampa Bay, Evans and Godwin. He only throws to two people. And we saw that last year with Devontae Parker and Preston Williams. Are people ignoring his injury history? Never been healthy for 16 games before last year. Should we also ignore his four very average seasons before last year? He didn't do anything. If you look at the advanced metrics, nothing jumps off the page except for the fact that he got more targets. And that's what Fitz does. It doesn't matter if you're covered. He just chugs it to the same person over and over and over. And I don't know if Fitz is going to be the quarterback all year. And then bringing in Preston Williams, in the eight games Preston Williams played, Devontae Parker, 400 yards and four touchdowns. In the eight games without him, 800 yards and five touchdowns. Mm. Meanwhile, Preston Williams was on a 64-856 six pace as an undrafted rookie. His ADP is in the 50s. Ryan Fitzpatrick throws to two people. There's one guy who's never been good until he was targeted, 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 targeted. And there's a rookie who killed it and is going in the 50s. I honestly don't want either, but I'm 100% taking Preston Williams where he's going over Devontae Parker where he's going. I'm taking Parker at wide receiver 25. Like you said, the second half of the season, he had eight. He averaged 100 yards a game. Against Tredavious White, he put up 135 yards on seven receptions. Against Stephon Gilmore, who allowed like 40 yards a game, if that, 137 yards on eight targets. Like, this guy scored less than 15 one time in the last seven weeks. That's fine. But we don't know what fits we're going to get every week. And we don't even know if Fitz is going to start. Nah, I'm taking And I'm not taking Devontae Parker with the rookie quarterback. We've already seen Devontae Parker with a quarterback with quarterbacks who aren't good. He And right was, now, two is not good for NFL standards. He was you were talking about target separation. Devontae Parker was great at catching the ball with defenders close to him. Yes, I know. You know who's not going to throw the ball to people with defenders close to them? Rookies. They're going to check down and throw to the middle of the field to their tight ends. Tight ends are rookies' best friends. I don't know, man. I I think that this this risk that you're talking about is baked into the fact that he's being taken as wide receiver 25. Like you're taking him as a wide receiver three. If I can go into the season with Devontae Parker as my wide receiver three, I am yo yo wrap me up. I'm good. I'm taking that. This guy's like a fifth round pick. There's no way I'm going that high in Devontae Parker. No way. Uh, let's. All right, what about Preston Williams? You mentioned him already. Should be where should be ready for week one after hurting his ACL. Finished. As a pretty good year, undrafted rookie free agent, is he worth a pick? Yeah. Why not? Just to take the chance. As I said, fits his tunnel vision on two people. Hold on. I'm looking at Devontae Parker's ADP right now. 62. So early sixth? Early sixth round. I'm taking him there. Late fifth. Yeah, he's been going early. In a 12-team league, is late fifth. Well, no. No. Math, 12 times 5 is 60. Jeez, Louise, kid. So it's early sixth. Tim. I said early six. Oh, you're right. I said early oh, six, right. Tim. <laughs> anyway, All yeah. right. All right. You're better at math than me. Preston Williams was on a 64, 856, six pace as a rookie. His ADP is not too bad. You can take him if you want. I don't. Look, he's still a UDFA. We've seen this happen before. You can come out to a hot start in your career and then fizzle out. I don't know if Preston Williams is the truth yet because um, a lot of what I just said still applies to the fact that Fitz was the quarterback. What I said about Parker kind of applies to Preston Williams too. So I don't really want a. Dolphins receiver, but I'm the value. I'm taking Williams over Parker. Uh, Albert Wilson and Alan Hearns also there. Let's move on to the running back slots. 
Uh, Jordan Howard, consistently a high-quality back in the NFL, but did have his first kind of off year last year with Philadelphia. Injury plague season, and when he was on the field, he wasn't that uh, successful. Won't catch passes, but will does assume to be the goal back of the situation. Are you taking a chance on? Are you taking a chance on Jordan Howard? Motorcycles, man. I'm gonna start calling Jordan Howard Jordan Old Reliable Howard because that's that's who he is, man. I wish he was playing in like the '90s and early 2000s when like downfield runners were a thing and you didn't really pass to the back because he he would have been much better back then. He's 25 years old. It seems like he's been in the league forever, but this dude is only 25 years old. He got hurt last season. You said he wasn't super effective in those games, but he played in nine games. In those games, he averaged 4.4 yards per carry, and he scored seven times in nine games. He's never scored less than seven times in his career in a season. He was also top 10 in big run rate last year for the Eagles before he went down. He was 24th and half PPR points per game last year despite seeing just 44% of the snaps. Now he's heading to Miami. He's the clear early down short yardage back. Like he's going to be on the field first and second down and near the goal line and short yardage situations. He's probably going to score the seven touchdowns or so again. Jordan Howard's currently going as RB 38. Like I'm Jordan Howard is basically the Sony Michelle of last season. The guy said you could take in the eighth round and put in as a low-end RB2 or flex in good situations. That's who Jordan Howard's going to be. And right now, as RB38, he's not a bad investment. Yeah, I agree. I, I kind of like Jordan Howard where he's at. Another guy I like is Matt Breida. Uh, brought in for a fifth-round pick from San Francisco. He's a Brodo favorite. We've always loved him. We like to call yeah. him the Terminator around these parts because he keeps getting hurt, but it doesn't matter because he just plays anyway. Um, he has one drop in the last two seasons combined. He has a knack for big plays. His big run rate of 8.5 was fourth in the league in 2008. Last year, he was sixth in the league with a 6.5. His career has been over five yards a carry. He's just small, so that's why he's not a feature back. But, I mean, Matt Breed is an excellent talent. He's an explosive player. He's going to be the third down running back for this team. And Jordan Howard has the injury history. Matt Breida can end up being a guy that has a lot of production in, in Miami. Dude, so you're talking about the the sneaky value here. He had five yards per carry average in his career, 8.4 yards per reception. In the last decade, that's happened 24 times. Only like two and a half times a year do players have those types of stats that Matt Breida puts up on the reg, but he doesn't get enough work because he's either always hurt or he's just in a backfield where he has to share the work, which he is now again in Miami. He's just a small guy. It's like it's the same reason Duke Johnson doesn't get work. Yeah, I expect him to be the pass catching back. He'll probably mix in on early downs, maybe get five or so rushes a game, but he's gonna have to make his money with the with the targets, maybe like five or so targets a game. He's preferred in PPR leagues. His ADP right now is our running back thirty seven. I think it's a little crazy to take Brita over Howard in half PPR leagues and standard leagues. In PPR leagues, it makes more sense. But again, this is gonna be if the Dolphins are minus eight, like they're project, excuse me, plus eight, like they're projected to lose by more than a touchdown, and they're probably gonna need to pass a lot, Brita becomes a lot more valuable. It's definitely more of a wait and see each week based on matchup type of thing with Brita and Howard. Let's go over to the tight end, Mike Gusecki, whose name I can pronounce now. Um, pronounce it weird. You're still a little wrong. Gusecki, not Seki. Oh, it's Gusecki? 
Man, I can't say this fucking guy's name for nothing. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I it's don't know strange. why I can't say it. At least you're not calling um, him Mike Gillisley anymore. Yeah, word. Yeah, uh, at least. Now you're uh, really came on strong at the end of last season. I didn't have any reason to say his name at all until the end of last season, where he finished as the tight end one five times over the last eight weeks of the season. Currently drafted as tight end 12. So the expectations to be a starting tight end are there, but borderline. Do you believe in Mike Gusecki? Do you think he has a step up in his in his back pocket this year? Another guy that I'm out on. I what? don't believe in this Dolphins off. Listen. Oh, listen man. to me. Second season last year. So no rookie tight end excuses. He saw the seventh most targets for tight ends last season. He ran 374 routes from the slot. That is 100 more. Over 100 more than the next closest guy. That is the most routes from the slot a tight end has run since Tony Gonzalez in 2013. He was the only weapon on the team besides Devontae Parker. He was fourth in yards from the slot behind Andrews, Cook, and Kelsey, despite the fact that he ran a gazillion more routes. How long can we let Spark dictate what we think about a player? Everything I just said, all the work he he got. He did not. Not at all. 51, 570, and 5. Atrocious for the fuck out of here. That is Chris Herndon's rookie stats. He averaged six point yeah, four yards per target. Thirtieth, thirtieth of all tight ends. I think you have to look at Gasicki Gasicki as two a, a tale of two seasons. No, in the in the first half of the season he was trash. Playing with Josh Rosen he was trash, but he really came to life in the second half. Man, he really did. I don't want Listen, anything to do with Gasicki told, either. There's no way he's in a better situation this year. Seventh in targets know. for tight ends. What? Most routes from the slot. Nobody besides you know, Devontae Parker on that offense. You know rookie quarterbacks love their tight ends. I'm not. I'm you completely out on Gasicki. He's being drafted way too high for I'm my out. taste. Yeah. I'm out too. All right. Uh, one injury away. Who's a guy that you like if there's one injury? For me, um, it's got to be the number two running back, Matt Breida, or the number two receiver in Preston Wilson. Um, if Williams, Devontae Parker Williams, goes down, there it is. There's something. Sorry. There you go. Preston Wilson, former Met great that got us Mike Piazza. Um, Preston, Preston Williams, if he goes into that Devontae Parker role and gets eight targets a game, like you can't you can't not have a guy on your team that gets eight targets a game. Uh, particularly from Ryan Fitzpatrick. And Matt Breida, I think if he gets a chance to have an everyday type role, um, more than just a third down back, I think yeah, I mean we went over why we like Breida so much. So those are my guys. I feel like it's it's just all the backups. I mean, Tua, Brita, and Preston Williams would automatically get a big jump up. Like, Preston Williams would probably be a top 35 play every week if uh, if Parker were to go down, and Brita would be a top 20 option every week if Jordan Howard were to go down. Definitely Brita for me as well. Yeah. I haven't got to talk to him yet, but I like him as much as you guys. All right, with that being said, that is our Miami Dolphins preview. Check in next time. We are going to be going to the NFC East, switching, uh, staying on the Ooh. same coast, but switching um, conferences for you guys. Uh, Jason, where can they find you? At BrotoFF Jason. Michael. At BrotoFF Mike. You can find us all at Broto Fantasy on Twitter. You can there find you me at BrotoFF Tim uh, on Twitter as well. See what we did there. Uh, Patreon.com slash BrotoFantasy to join our listener leagues to get extra episodes to get the Discord access to us at oh, yeah. all times and to the fans. Um, free giveaways, uh, uh, special stats that are only found on BrotoFantasy.com. 
there's really no reason to give a patron to, to be a patron as little as three dollars a month and you can get all these things <laughs> no reason not to be a patron tim let's not say that one again you said no reason to be a patron <laughs> did i have to say no reason not to be a patron um no reason not to be a patron only only three dollars you got three dollars Get the coffee. What the hell is going on out there, I man? I don't know. These three dollars, three dollars, and we'll uh, soundproof these windows. You guys want to go? Look, uh, we got these soundproof panels go, behind us, but they're not enough. You guys want to go fight a biker gang outside? Yeah, go clothesline them and off there. Uh, just same bro. Sounds like this episode sounds like NASCAR. I'm just putting it out there. It just sounds like we're at a NASCAR race. Um, anyway, we've never been to a NASCAR race. And hey, Joey Logano. We're at NASCAR race. Anyway, peace out, guys. We love you. See you next time with the New York Football Giants. Later. Good timing.